0: Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Two Weird Hungry Girls podcast, where we talk about all things food and lifestyle. I'm your host, Phoebe. Thanks for tuning in. Tracy is actually at a conference for this episode, but no worries, guys. I have another Hungry Girl for this episode that I think you're going to be really interested to hear from. We're actually joined in this episode by Amy Traverso, and if you don't know Amy, she's the Senior Lifestyle Editor of Yankee Magazine. And Amy is also the author of the award-winning cookbook, The Apple Lover's Cookbook. And she's also an editor of the Yankee's Lost and Vintage Recipes book. So Amy, you're here to talk with us about the feature story, or one of the feature stories in the March-April issue of the Yankee magazine titled Bottling the Magic. Yes. And it's a lovely story about the families behind locally sourced maple syrup from Vermont, and you have some great recipes to share, too. I do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, This we uh, came across this
1: story um, uh, when we were out looking for food products uh, that we um, wanted to feature in a, an awards program we do. We feature kind of wonderful lo- locally made uh, gourmet or artisan foods every year, Um and so, in the process of looking around what was coming out of Vermont, we came across a company called Tonewood Maple, and we were intrigued because what they seemed to be doing is um, taking maple syrup and creating value added products, something that was slightly different, um, maybe um, you know uh, bottling syrups from a single uh, a single grower, or making the syrup into these wonderful little cubes—maple—they're like maple sugar cubes that are perfectly square, and you can grate them over cereal, or oatmeal, or yogurt, or any dessert. Um, we liked what they were doing because it was the brainchild of a woman named Dory Ross, who had a marketing background. She worked for Gillette for many years, and moved to Vermont and saw. Local maple families that were really struggling to make a living as the uh, maple industry is, you know, competing with um, the big Quebecois maple uh, monoliths, mm-hmm. and also looking at climate change and and a little less predictability with the weather. Um, so, so she wanted to see what she could do to help, and she knew that. Um, just as Vermont dairy farmers had found a way to save the family farm by uh, taking their milk and making it into delicious artisan cheeses, she thought the same could be done with maple. So she started working with a couple of families, um, and they uh, created a line of products that are not only delicious but really beautifully packaged, and they've gotten picked up by, you know, William sonoma and a bunch of other um, uh, you know, Food 52 and some other gourmet catalogs. And, and it's given these uh, hardworking farmers a really, you know, great second, secondary stream of income and a way to kind of keep the family farm going.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's really interesting because, I mean, when you talk about the farmers and how Dory kind of gave voice to their product. Yes. Um, Vermont is, is the nation's leading producer of maple syrup, right? Yes, it or, is. Okay. So, so we compete with Canada. I I mean, I guess as a nation, is that so? It sounds like there are a lot of small farmers, and even though they are the nation's leading producer, she still gave a voice to some of their products.
1: Yeah, I mean, compared, it's sort of like a little rowboat next to a cruise ship. You know, when you think about the Vermont
0: maple Uh industry
1: next to the Canadian one. Um, Mm -hmm. um, But um, you know, I think what Vermont does have is a very strong, you know, brand, um, in and of itself. I mean, I think a, pro- a maple product coming from Vermont has a special sheen on it already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the problem with maple has long been, you know, there's no difference between your maple syrup and my maple syrup there are, or they, they well might be just a blend of syrups from many different, uh, farms. So for her, so, you know, Dory saw this opportunity to, um, you know, not just bring a little more distinction to these products, to kind of explore even to get really, you know, food nerdy, to, to explore the idea of maybe maple terroir, can you can you taste the difference um, in a syrup from one uh, one sugar bush that is, you know, south-facing, and another one that might have a you know, rockier soil and a, a more north-facing um, aspect. But she also created a program where people kind of almost like, a little bit like a maple CSA where people buy, they can adopt a tree and they, they pay a certain amount of money um, up front. And they have the, you know, quote unquote rights to a tree, um, a maple tree, and then they get a certain amount of maple product uh, at the end, you know, that that goes along with the money. Um, It's not, it's not. Specifically from that tree, because a single uh-huh. tree wouldn't produce enough syrup right. to really even give you. Um, but, but it's the idea of kind of partnering with the farmer as with CSAs to give them a little more upfront capital and to kind of make your, you know, to put yourself in the production cycle.
0: So that's really interesting when you talk about um, adopting the farmer in addition to adopting the, tree, adopting the tree, but when you talk about the flavor of the syrup. And I found this very interesting in Keith's article that he talked about how the flavor is affected by those different factors. So when, yeah. a, when, a, when a consumer goes to the grocery store, I guess it's, maybe it's the same thing with wine or olive oil, and you look, at, you look to see what's available, how about, is there an easy way to kind of demystify the complexity of all of those different varieties? Because we've always heard of grade A, grade B, from light to dark or fancy or maybe not so fancy. Is there like a standard measure for this?
1: There are standard measures. Um, You know, it it historically has been kind of grade A, grade B, and um, as you go down the alphabet, um, the syrup gets darker. And basically, um, the quick answer is grade A syrup tends to be the earlier syrup in the season, and -hmm. it's lighter in color and more delicate in flavor. And some people feel that... You know, it's sort of like a um, delicate champagne compared with, like, a really oaky, mm. cheap Chardonnay um, Where when you're comparing, you know, a grade A to, like, a, a dark grade B uh, syrup that you might use more for cooking, Um it's funny. I <laughs> maybe I have a bad palate. I I'm I'm perfectly happy with grade B syrup. I sometimes yeah. like the stronger maple flavor mm-hmm. um, of grade B. But but interestingly, Vermont, in an effort to distinguish itself from New Hampshire, Canada, and all the other maple producing areas in in the world, um, they've come up with a new grading system um, which they have standardized across maple producers by giving you know, they basically the the um, the the government uh, the state hands out these little bottles of syrup that create a you know that you can compare your syrup to mm-hmm. um, to match the color and the, therefore the grade so you, you kind of hold up your bottle of syrup next to the standard and you see where you are in your in your boiling process but there are three um, there are three variations and grades are called golden delicate which is basically a Amber Rich, which is sort of the early B, uh, late A, and Dark Robust, which is the kind of later B, Maple syrup, um, and they're and uh, Tonewood sells these, and they're all sold for the same price. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they're they're making the argument that they're all delicious, and it's just how intense right. you want that maple flavor to be, how right. caramelized you want it to be. Yeah,
0: well, it's kind of interesting. Then, so someone who is interested in learning the different flavors should maybe order like a sampler of all three. That's what I would do to see if you yes, see
1: yes. the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Tonewood then they what
0: do. Exactly.
1: Exactly, and they do sell um, sets. And you, but you don't have to buy it from Tonewood. You could buy a sampler from any Vermont producer or any other state's producers. they um, will just have a different name. But you can, yeah, you can buy usually little small bottles and and do a taste testing. I, I think um, people really enjoy, you know. I think the the taste testing the te- the tasting party has well gone beyond wine and beer to all kinds of foods. You know, when I wrote the Appleiverse cookbook, um, I I continue I did and continue to uh, host. Little heirloom apple tastings, um, or put on presentations for people where we taste unusual apple varieties and look at you know the, the the vast difference in flavor between one antique variety and another. And it's it's a great time of year to be doing that with maple syrup. You could you know certainly make a bunch of pancakes and <laughs> invite some friends uh-huh. over for brunch and then do a maple syrup
0: sampler. <laughs> I think that sounds like a great idea and a great excuse to eat pancakes and waffles. Yes, <laughs> there's
1: there's it's like especially for I I think pancakes there's something about pancakes for dinner um that I know when I grew up my mom would occasionally just not feel like making a full dinner when it would be pa- pancakes for supper day and it was like the best day of you know exactly. the month. See? I
0: think that's a wonderful <laughs> idea. Pancakes for breakfast. So in New yeah. England, is maple syrup um, because right now it's one of the, it's part of that. Is it is it called sugaring? It's the sugaring season now. Yes,
1: the sugaring season. Yes,
0: is, it's is been maple- a weird
1: year, I have to say, because oh. it's been such a warm winter. Um, some of the sugaring happened in early – it was crazy. Some of it was happening in early February because we had this warm spell where it was comparatively warm. You know, for for the sap to run, you want day temperatures around in the 40s, and you want the night, the evening temperatures to go down to below zero. So we were getting that in early um February, so the producers were scrambling to tap their trees and get their lines up and start start uh, running the syrup and Then we had a cold spell, so it stopped and then you know then it started up again in march so it 's been a weird season, and uh, you know that lack of predictability not that any year in New England is especially predictable weather wise but it does seem like you know we 're getting uh, last year was a particularly late year because it was such a harsh winter. This year it came early it's, it seems like a, a the the range is broader now, but mm-hmm. um, we are kind of at the tail end now of of maple of of the active sugaring season. I would say I think temperatures are starting to get a little bit warm uh, for sugaring, and the trees are budding, which means the sap. Is needing to be directed up to produce the leaves on the tree. So, um, but there there may still be plenty of syrup to boil. Um, some sugar shacks are, may still be boiling the syrup mm-hmm. that they've already collected.
0: Is is it is the flavor or is maple syrup a seasonal flavor in New England? Is it something that you pull out usually um, when you think of comfort foods for fall and winter, or is it something that's usually you can easily transition into spring and summer recipes,
1: I think we do consume maple syrup year round. Um, I think we eat we eat pancakes and other foods that you know we use maple syrup in year round, particularly in the cooler months, I think maybe a little bit less in the summer. but I think what happens is. By the end of winter, we're all so desperate for something seasonal and local and fresh. And maple is kind of the first thing to come down the line. Um, And So it's not green. It's not coming up from the ground. But it's the first sign of spring. And so... We, we kind of hold on to this idea of a maple season, even though it's eminently, you know, shelf-stable and you can truly eat it all year round. And um, I've done plenty of dishes in the fall and for the holidays, you know, maple-glazed sweet potatoes for Absolutely. Thanksgiving. But we still kind of really hold on to March's maple season um, because we need, that, uh, we need that reminder that winter is on its way out and spring's on its way in.
0: That is actually really interesting. It, it's exactly the opposite of what I would have thought um, about. Oh, that's interesting. Know, now, what would you have guessed? Kind of, well, I think of it as more like a like a winter creature comfort food that you pull out the maple yeah. syrup, really, to, like, make your heavy bread puddings or things like that. So, right. typically, we always think of maple syrup as something that's essential to a sweet recipe. But how does it yes. play into savory dishes? It, um,
1: plays into savory dishes in, um, a way of adding a contrasting note. Um, I think, you know, in, in French and Italian cuisine, um, there tends to be more of a dividing line between sweet and savory dishes. Um, I think when you look at cuisines from Southeast Asia, there's a lot more of a blending of sweet and savory. So, um, we, fa- we find that, you know, maple works really well with uh, a range of savory dishes. In um, this issue, um, in the story that Keith Pintoffi wrote, um, we did a recipe for a maple and rum glazed pork roast, which is as simple as can be. I mean, you just okay. kind of stir together some maple syrup, some mustard, Dijon mustard, a little apple cider vinegar, rum and cinnamon, salt and pepper to taste. Um, and you <laughs> you put a, Piece of you know pork loin in a in a roasting pan, a boneless por- you know pork loin ro- uh, pork loin roast that you maybe tie tie up just to, so it cooks evenly. You pour the s- sauce over it and you just roast it. I mean it's it's about as simple as you can get. Um, mm-hmm. Until the uh, temperature reaches 150 on the thermometer, and you're done. And the the syrup will kind of cook down into this beautiful glaze. Um, and with pork, you know, I mean, if you, you think about bacon and maple syrup, I mean, pork is just such a natural for um, right. for maple syrup. But then we do um, a dressing. You know, I I do like to add a little element of something sweet in my vinaigrettes. I like a little bit of honey, um, but maple syrup makes a terrific vinaigrette, and we have a recipe that actually we got from a um, chef at a really lovely inn up in Vermont, the inn at Round Round Barn Farm. That's a tough one to say, Uh, that's Round Barn Farm, Um, and it's a maple-soy, vinegar vinaigrette basically um and uh and we put together a salad with uh baby spinach and some red grapes and feta and and walnuts. so you've got a lot of texture and you've got salty and sweet and um so yeah the 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 options for cooking i mean obviously with any kind of a Um, sweet potato or squash maple is ideal Mm -hmm. Um, you could certainly use it with chicken I mean I I I would um, you could use it in a barbecue sauce for ribs Um, you could use it even with like a beef brisket if you did a good job of adding enough acidity to balance the sweetness Um, so yeah you could go a lot of directions with maple and savory dishes
0: That's great. I mean, because I think people don't think about that when they see the maple syrup on the shelf or in their fridge. Um, Yeah. uh, One of the questions that um, I hear often and that some of the podcast listeners had asked when I mentioned I was speaking with someone who knows all about maple syrup is if they want to bake with it or they want to substitute white sugar or brown Mm -hmm. sugar with maple syrup, are there any rules of thumb to use when baking with maple syrup? Um well, I have a
1: couple stuff? thoughts about that. I would not substitute sort of cup for cup a liquid maple syrup for um, for you know a regular granulated sugar um, just because those in in say a cake or a cookie, the grains of sugar perform a a a specific function um in uh, aerating your dough, your batter. So um, let's say a lot of cakes start with beating um, butter with sugar. And those little grains are like literally kind of beating pockets of air, cutting through the butter and beating air into um, into the batter so that you, you get a nice texture, a nice lofty kind of even cake. Um, You know, with a liquid maple syrup, you're not going to have that same aeration, so you're going to have like a a heavier product. Um, But certainly, maple sugar, maple, which is which is expensive, (laughs) so it would be (laughs) it would be hard to justify. I you know, for me, maple sugar is something I would save more for, um, you know, sprinkling on something. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But if you were doing a cake that wasn't quite Uh, And and then in cookies, I should say adding liquid to cookies um, as opposed to a granulated sugar or a brown sugar is going to make them more cake-like. So you're not going to have that dense with the crispy exterior. It's going to be more like a cake. So um, where I might do uh, direct substitutions would be in in more rustic things like banana bread, where it doesn't really matter so much if it's a little bit denser. Mm-hmm. Um, something uh, I'm trying to think of another example like quick breads, mm-hmm. um, cookies. If I or if I didn't mind <laughs> that they mm-hmm. were, um, uh, if they were a little bit um, uh, more cake-like, and then mm-hmm. we do have a really delicious recipe for um, scones that use equal parts mm-hmm. whole wheat flour and white flour, so you get a little bit of extra fiber and bran mm-hmm. in there. And these are entirely sweetened with maple syrup. And the way that works is we substituted some of the liquid, the milk you would normally, or cream if you're being really decadent, that you would normally put in the scones, we substituted with maple syrup. So the maple syrup functions both to sweeten and to, um, and to uh, moisten the, the scones. And right, this recipe... It's so delicious. It's such, such a good recipe. It's very easy to make it. It's about 20 minutes of hands-on time, 25 minutes of baking, so it's certainly something you can make the morning of, um, of you know, if you, you just want to have a treat or you've got some people staying over. And we added cranberries, frozen cranberries, to the mix. Um, you don't have to do that, or you could even substitute raspberries. Um, but I, we liked the contrast of the kind of nutty whole wheat flavor and the sweet maple, and then something tart. Um, so those are a real a real favorite. Um, and uh, we made a, a quick maple glaze to drizzle over once they cooled a little bit, um, it, with just powdered sugar, a little bit of water, and a tablespoon of maple syrup. That's Funnily enough, I was on a um, mm-hmm. I was on a show, a local TV show in Connecticut. Um, a few weeks ago, and Lou Diamond Phillips, the actor who was in La Bamba, um, was also on the show that day. Oh, and wow. he's a really accomplished cook who's been on a bunch of Bravo. He's done a bunch of the Bravo kind of you know cooking wow. competition shows. Mm-hmm. Really nice guy, and we uh-huh. made he. Because he happened to be there, we made these scones together, and they got his thumbs up. So
0: oh, good, good. Lou <laughs> so, Phillips likes
1: them. <laughs> well, then you should try the recipe,
0: right? Okay, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it shouldn't go without saying that um, drinks—you can make drinks with maple syrup, though, too, right? Yeah, and absolutely. I think that you shared a recipe in the magazine for—it wasn't a cocktail.
1: No, but okay, well, well it it is it is sort of a drink and a dessert. So, yes. um maple syrup tastes amazing in coffee. And mm-hmm. if you do like to sweeten your coffee, I highly recommend substituting um sugar with or or simple syrup with maple syrup because the, you know, those kind of especially coffee that has any kind of a chocolate or caramel kind of note to it will really taste great with maple. So we did a little variation on that very, very simple Italian dessert of affogato, which is Mm -hmm. simply a shot of espresso poured over vanilla. Well, in Italy it might be vanilla, vanilla gelato, but in our case, we used Either gelato or ice cream either either one is fine, and instead of doing a shot of espresso because not everybody has an espresso maker, we found that um dark roast coffee worked just fine, and we mm-hmm. uh, so we simply took we took some vanilla gelato or ice cream, put them in cups, put those in the freezer for a few minutes, brewed up some coffee, mixed it with some maple syrup to taste, um got that nice and hot. And you and you really have to do this at the last second. You sort of want to bring out that really cold ice cream and pour the hot stuff over it, and give people a chance to kind of take that first bite when you've got the contrast of the hot and the mm-hmm. and the cold. Um, it's a fun dessert and so easy. I mean, literally something you can throw together at the last moment. Um, really but lovely. there are many. I mean, I, I see. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's really
0: lovely. Just the thought of yeah, it's it's delicious. Dessert. Mm -hmm.
1: very simple anybody i mean if you're not a baker it's a dessert you can pull off Mm -hmm. and certainly i see a lot of cocktails around new england where we you know that incorporate maple as instead of simple syrup you know if there's a if there's a sweetness to it with bourbon it's so delicious Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah wonderful i think you gave like you shared like a lot of really great maple syrup inspiration i think hopefully to pull people out of their boxes it's yeah, really well, and, you know, recipes. again,
1: maple's maple's not it's not one of those ingredients that you can only get, get it now, get it while the strawberries are in season. Mm-hmm. Um on the other hand, this is the time of year to celebrate it because this is when everything's happening and um and the farther north you are, um the more grateful you are to see this you know that steam coming out of a an old wooden sugar shack.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a great thought. And I think that um people can still grab the current issue of Yankee magazine and catch this story, Bottling the Magic, um, you should definitely pick up a copy of the magazine. It's a beautifully written story. It almost makes it sound so poetic and romantic, the notion of um, the sugaring, but it's yeah. probably crazy hard work. It is crazy hard you know? work
1: and <laughs> Keith, uh, the writer, Keith Pandoffi, um who works now at Sirius Eats, he, he was at Sever, I think, at the time that he wrote, he started working on the story, but he sw- he's changed jobs, but um, he said it was hard it was hard for him not to romanticize. Right. the. Um, he said, "There's, in fact, in the story, he said, there's something inspiring, even humbling, about watching Vermont syrup makers at work. Um, and, you know, he said, I had to kind of watch myself from getting a little too uh, starry-eyed about it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, it's a beautiful article. So I really encourage listeners to grab a copy of the Yankee magazine um, if you don't subscribe already. So um, thank you so much for joining me, Amy. I think this was a and lot of fun. It was a fun. pleasure. Thank That's you so for having me. A lot. Yeah. Oh. Good. Um, so, current issue, Yankee Magazine, bottling the magic, and then I will put uh, recipe links in the show notes for this episode for the recipes that you talked about, Amy, and tonewoodmaple.com yep. is Tone the Maple website. Deck. Perfect for Dory Ross. Um, be sure to check out her site just to get a peek at what's going on up in Vermont and maybe order a little sample or the sampler size packet, maybe, of the three different flavors. And yes. interestingly enough, I just did a story for our local regional magazine for a spiced maple nut granola recipe. I'll put the link oh. on my website, too. Yum. It was really easy.
1: That uh, sounds so good. thanks so
0: much for joining me. It was a lot of fun, Amy. Thank you, and happy spring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Happy spring. Maple syrup and spring. <laughs> oh, it'll change my notion every year now. Uh, so thanks for, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, be sure to leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the episode, what you'd like to hear more of. And you can find me at Phoebe'sPureFood.com and, of course, The Two Weird Hungry Girls uh, located in iTunes and at the ThePeopleChronicles.com. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.